Welcome to the Business Fabulous Podcast, Episode 7. I was terrified to start my podcast. In this episode, I detail exactly how and why I was terrified to start the Business Fabulous Podcast. Full body experience and all, I detail everything. As always, if you have any feedback to give me, questions, comments, please feel free to email me at listener at bonnielfrank.com. I hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Business Fabulous Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs get visible online and grow their businesses from right now to fabulous with your host, Bonnie L. Frank. This former teacher and college professor turned entrepreneur has produced over 2,000 live broadcasts and has coached business owners worldwide. Each week, Bonnie shares actionable, effective, and proven social media and marketing strategies that help you get seen, get heard, and get paid online to propel your business forward. Now, on to the show. Welcome back to the show. Today's episode is episode seven. I was terrified to start my podcast. Okay, I have been putting off this podcast episode because it's really hard to talk about. And I wanted to make sure that my thoughts were clear and it all made sense and it would be helpful for you, the listener. And I hope that you don't ever go through what I'm going through, what I went through to start my podcast. So here goes. All right. In this episode, I'm going to talk about resistance, ego, failure, and pod fading. And I will define each of those in the show notes, plus give links and loads of information. The hardest thing I have ever done, literally ever done, was start this podcast. I've never tried to start any other podcast, so hopefully if I do another one, it will be a lot easier. This was literally the hardest thing I've ever done. And I have produced by myself over 2,000 live streaming broadcasts. I'm not adverse to talking into a mic. I'm very used to it. And I'm good at formulating my thoughts. I'm good at giving valuable content. I'm good at giving actionable content and describing things in detail enough so that people can really understand what I'm talking about and it can help them grow their businesses and scale them. It wasn't any of that, but I experienced more resistance on starting my podcast than I ever have with anything in my entire life. And that's 54 years of it. So it's a long time. I think all of this started when several months ago, I took a course that was supposed to teach me how to podcast. It was supposed to teach me not only how to podcast, but how to do it really easily using simple equipment. It was supposed to be a hands-on training. I was supposed to walk away being able to interview people remotely for my podcast and understand literally how to take all of that and publish it on my podcast. It was like a six-hour course and I paid for it. I was really excited for it. And that's how it was built, that I was going to walk away with all that information. Well, unfortunately, the course was awful. I mean, really, really awful. The entire thing was an upsell to sell a course that the six-hour course was supposed to do. So it was a six-hour course to sell an additional course so that I could learn what I was supposed to learn in the six-hour course. I was really, really frustrated. I was so upset. I was in tears. I bought hundreds of dollars of equipment on somebody's affiliate link because that's what they said I had to buy, that I really needed this particular type of equipment. Lo and behold, I came to find out that 
I didn't have to order the equipment from anywhere. I could have gone down the street to my local guitar center and gotten everything there. I didn't know that because I was brand new to podcasting and tech is not really in my wheelhouse. I'm a very low tech gal. The tech part of it makes me really, really nervous. And that's why I took the course in the first place. The really bad course put me into a spiral of anxiety for several months. That was the whole reason I took the course, so that I would avoid all of that anxiety. Well, when the course didn't teach me what it was supposed to, I knew that I had to teach myself because I didn't really want to go hire somebody else to teach me. So I thought, I'm just going to do what I've always done. I'm going to research and teach myself exactly how to do it. And because it involved some tech, that's what I was really, really nervous about. How did I go about it? Well, I first went about it by talking to friends by talking to some podcaster friends, people who were already experienced in podcasting and people who were experienced at various levels. A good friend of mine had less than 20 episodes in and she was really, really instrumental. Somebody else has loads of podcasts in and years of editing experience and she was really, really encouraging and helpful for me. And then I also got advice and support and nurturing, honestly, from a few different other people who are expert podcasters and have done, oh my God, I don't even know how many hundreds, if not thousands of podcast episodes and are very, very known in the podcasting space. And I got a lot of help and support and nurturing from them. I reached out to several different people at different levels of podcasting for all the same reason for help, for support, for encouragement, for nurturing, and also for some step-by-step guidance. Beyond that, I did my own researching. Beyond that, I started back with the equipment that I already had, none of the equipment that I bought for that course, by the way, all equipment that I already had. I went through three microphones The first microphone, a Blue Yeti, I'd already had, and I'd done probably, oh gosh, over a thousand live stream broadcasts with it. And I realized it was kind of giving out on me. So it wasn't the sound that I wanted. So I stopped that. I tried using a ATR 2005 or 2100, I can't remember, mic that I purchased for specifically for the podcasting course, only to find out that it was broken. I found that out after I'd already published the episode, by the way, because when I went back to use it again, I didn't like the way the sound was. And I realized that my Mac was not recognizing it as a microphone. And I talked to Mac people, I talked to ATR people, I talked to B&H people, and I was doing everything I was supposed to be doing for it to recognize my mic. And the mic was in fact broken. So I was going to have to return that and get a new mic. So in the process of realizing that, and because I was being interviewed on another person's podcast in a few hours, I ran out and got a different mic, the mic I'm using right now, which is the Rode mic. So far, so good. All's all's great with that. So I went through three mics in my first three episodes of my podcast. That alone would be reason for me to quit. But I was absolutely determined, just very, very determined, very stubborn that I was not going to do what there's a phrase called pod fading. 
I was not going to pod fade. I refused. And believe me, I had plenty of reason and I've wanted to since. I was not going to allow myself to pod fade, which means you simply, you quit. You stop the podcasting. I wasn't going to do it. And I wasn't accustomed to quitting. I'm not a quitter. Whatever I say I'm going to do, I actually do. And I make sure that I actually tell somebody I'm going to do it because that gives me the, all the accountability I need. If I've simply told somebody I'm going to do it, I will do it. I might not do it quite as quickly as I wanted to, like podcasting, but I will do it. Now I'm going to talk about the full body experience, the resistance of being terrified to start my podcast. I have never, ever experienced so much resistance in terms of anything that I've tried. And resistance is exactly what it sounds like. And when people have a situation with their mindset where they are coming up against a load of different reasons and a load of different things, physical, mental, environmental, whatever it is, that is stopping them from achieving what they want to achieve, that's called resistance. And I've defined it in the show notes further. In the several months of my spiraling of anxiety, I experienced all of these things, all of them. I probably even experienced more, but these are all the ones that I could remember. So I definitely experienced all of these. And if you experience any of these things when you're trying to accomplish something, to accomplish something big, to accomplish something that you've really worked for, to accomplish something that could really help you achieve more and do greater things and turn a corner in a really good way in your podcast or your blogging or your business or your personal life or professional life, if you are coming up against any of these things or maybe more than one of these things, you are likely experiencing resistance also. I've had anxiety attacks in the past, not many of them, and I don't typically suffer from anxiety attacks but I do suffer from depression. It's not depression that I have every single day for every single thing in my life, but I do suffer from depression at times from a lot of things that I've gone through in my past that really brought out the depression. My divorce was very, very difficult. Having gotten through the divorce, my depression has lessened tremendously, (laughs) so, so much. But I was experiencing more anxiety about starting my podcast. And by that, I mean that sometimes I would have chest pains and I knew it was from anxiety. I was not having a heart attack. I knew I wasn't because I was healthier than I'd ever been. And I'll explain that more. So I had chest pains. I was experiencing anxiety. I did have a couple of anxiety attacks that I recognized as anxiety attacks Sometimes I would tremble, sometimes I would shake, sometimes I would sweat. Also, I would experience periods of being more distracted than normal. I experienced more distractible times than usual when I was in the months of of going through the anxiety before starting this podcast. So I I would lose my focus, I would be distracted by a lot of different things, and I would let a lot of different things distract me. I would allow myself to be distracted by Instagram or Facebook or Netflix, where before in the past, I knew that those things could distract me, 
but I wouldn't allow myself to be distracted by them. I also was more forgetful. And I know that in the past, when I was depressed, I could be more forgetful, but this was different. I knew that I was experiencing anxiety and not depression. And I also, at the same time, was being more forgetful because my mound, my mind, not my mound, I don't have a mound, my mind was cloudier. I was not thinking as clearly because the anxiety was taking up all of my headspace and it had little little to no headspace left for clear thoughts. So I was more forgetful. I was also not sleeping well. And the loss of sleep was also making me not think as well, not think as clearly, and making me more forgetful. But that's because I couldn't sleep as well, because I was anxious. All of that also made me more tired. Now, sometimes I lose sleep when I'm depressed. Sometimes I'll lose sleep when I'm tired. So, you know, a lot of these um, symptoms could be multiple things, but I recognize them. I absolutely recognize them as anxiety. I had had enough experience with anxiety and depression to know when I'm going through one or the other or both. So I was more tired. I felt more lethargic. I continued to be distracted. And I continued to be forgetful. I mean, this was like four and a half or five months straight of all of these things over and over and over. And that's why I'm saying I was spiraling with anxiety. So it was a lot. And, you know, any of those, any of those experiences would definitely be good reason for people to pod fade. I was absolutely determined not to pod fade but it was really hard. And I had to take some very, very specific and very focused and very mindful measures to make sure that I could get through it. I mean, I was so determined. I was so determined. Like I said, I spoke to other podcasters. I spoke to friends. Now, my friends didn't really understand all of this resistance that I was having to podcasting. They basically gave me the advice of, well, don't podcast then. They didn't understand how badly I wanted to podcast. They didn't understand how much resistance I was experiencing even before going to the PodFest conference, my first podcasting conference ever. That's where I was going to learn to to podcast with that great course. And then the course had nothing to do with the people who created podcasts. They are wonderful. It was the people doing the course that were horrible. That weekend, I was supposed to learn to podcast. They didn't understand. So what? So you went to a conference. Okay, so it's unfortunate you spent that amount of money on the conference, but it doesn't mean you have to podcast, Bonnie. Yes, it did mean I had to podcast because I made a promise to myself I would start my podcast. My friends did what typical, you know, friends and and people really close to you, you know, your friends and your family, people who love you, they did what those people will do typically, which is they acted out of their response was something to keep me safe. So just quit. Just don't do the podcast. Don't even quit. Don't even start. Just it's okay. No big deal. Just don't start your podcast and you'll feel safer. You'll feel better. Well, that's not the help I needed. That was no help, in fact. And so I stopped talking to friends about it, and I started reaching out more to podcasters. 
to podcasters who have experienced podcasting successfully. They didn't start a podcast and then podfade and was never heard from again. These are podcasters who are experiencing tremendous success in their podcast or multiple podcasts right now. And I reached out to people who are professional podcasters, people whose podcasts have made them money in the past and currently continue to make them money. So I reached out to a lot of podcasting experts. That was super, super helpful. I had joined podcasting groups and I reached out a bit in there as well. I journaled every single day. I'd been doing a gratitude journal since December 1st. So I'd been doing my gratitude journal for four months before I started having this anxiety. And I continued to make sure that I journaled every single day. That really helped. I also doubled down on my yoga. I started doing yoga before I went to PodFest. And I even, I did yoga actually from my hotel room. I didn't bring my yoga mat with me. So I just put the sheets, the bed sheets on the floor. And that was my yoga mat. So I did yoga from PodFest, but I did even more yoga and did it more times a week when I started experiencing the anxiety. And that really, really did help me. Absolutely. I exercised more. I made sure that I exercised four to five times a week. I really did my best to exercise four to five times a week. And even if it was just for sessions of yoga, for yoga practices, if that's what I got in and I ended up not weightlifting, I counted that as enough exercise each week. But I really tried to break it up with yoga and also other cardio and have weightlifting every other day in there. That's where I was operating at my best when I did that. I also meditated when I needed to, and I would use my Breathe app, or I have other meditation apps on my phone. Headspace is one of them. So the meditation really helped as well. I listened to podcasts. Now, I knew how I wanted my podcast to sound. That was also part of my problem. Because I've listened to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of podcasts over the years. I started listening to podcasts six years ago. And I kept listening to podcasts and I listened for greatness, but I also really started listening to more motivational podcasts, motivational and inspirational podcasts. And I read more motivational and inspirational blog posts. And I really checked out more motivational and inspirational posts on Instagram and Facebook. And all of that really, really helped with my anxiety. I tried to improve my sleep hygiene. Now, trust me, this still needs work. This is going to be a work in progress. I can tell that. Because I'm not really a morning person. I'm really not. And I love my coffee. And I don't really plan on giving up my coffee anytime soon or ever. That's kind of just the way I am. Also, because of that, my sleep hygiene needs even more focus. I need to be more intentional with my sleep hygiene. So I do not have a television in my bedroom. That is a given, and I'm not going to have a television in my bedroom. So that helps. So when I go to bed, I'm going to bed. I may read a little bit beforehand, but I try very hard not to be on my phone because of the blue light or just how it can really charge your brain in a way that prevents you from sleeping. So I try not to use my phone before going to bed. I might read before going to bed, but my bedroom is really for sleeping. I work on that. 
And I have tried, again, this needs help, but I've tried really hard to get in bed by 10 p.m. and to wake up at 6 I try to do that each day. It doesn't always work. And sometimes the weekends, you know, if I'm out later or I allow myself to sleep in because it's a weekend, then I don't stick to that program. But I try very hard to schedule myself that way. Something else that I did was retail therapy. You don't have to spend a lot. In fact, you don't really have to spend anything, in my opinion, for retail therapy. When I was going through my worst, worst times, it was awful during my divorce. And even other times during my marriage, when I was going through just very awful times, it was a horrible, abusive marriage. When I would go through that, through those times, a lot of opportunities I would take to go to the mall or go to boutique shops and literally just window shop. Just look at pretty things. Looking at pretty things makes me happy. So that might be on Pinterest. It might be on Instagram. It might be involving also physically getting out of your environment and going to a different environment. So going to boutiques or going to the mall and going in and out of stores and just looking at pretty things makes me happy. During the time where I was spiraling with anxiety, I did also buy myself a few things. So I did retail therapy that did actually cost me some money, but I didn't buy anything expensive. I just bought little, what we say in the old country, tchotchkes, just little doodads, little things, little bits and bobs, as they say in the UK, little things that I have all around my apartment. I have on my shelves in my office, little things that make me happy and remind me of nice things and and happy times. So I did retail therapy as well. And the last thing that I did was give myself a break. So even though I was doing all these things, to combat my anxiety, and this was daily anxiety that got worse, got better, got worse, got better, was just spiraling for several months before I could actually go through the process of starting my podcast, breaking two mics, going out, buying a third mic, all of that. And I was working so intentionally on combating all of the resistance that I was experiencing. The last thing I did was give myself a break because I knew. I was working daily on my mindset. I was working daily on my emotional space, daily on my physical presence, daily on my environment, daily combating my resistance. I was really working hard on it every single day. But even with that, I still sometimes had to say, you know what? I'm just giving myself a break. I'm just giving myself a break today and maybe I'm just taking the day off. Even though I knew that I had things I had to work on, I had to also, at that particular point in time, give myself a break and take a break. And sometimes we have to give ourselves permission for that. As women especially, I have always felt that we take on much more than sometimes we can bear on our shoulders. Sometimes we are literally shouldering more than we can handle. And that's when we have to acknowledge it and we have to say, you know what? It's okay. I'm going to give myself a break. I'm going to let this part go. Or as I started to do after a few episodes, find some help. Find a virtual assistant. Find a social media manager. Find somebody to do your bookkeeping. Find somebody to do your podcast editing, whatever it is. Find somebody 
to offload some of the responsibilities that are on your shoulders. Maybe you want to get a babysitter and maybe that's some of the responsibility. Maybe you want to get a babysitter for a few hours a week so that you can get more me time or practice self-care or go see a movie with a friend or go on a date or who knows what, take a nap. I don't know, whatever you want to do. So maybe offloading, maybe some of your outsourcing, like I talked about in episode six, maybe some of that is really is getting a babysitter. And that's going to help take care of some of the tasks that are using up your emotional space. So I really hope that this has helped and I have a challenge for you as always. The challenge for today, and I want to know how you're doing, so please let me know how you're doing on the challenge. Email me back at listener at bonnielfrank.com. That's listener at Bonnie. That's my name. B-O-N-N-I-E-L. My middle name is Lynn. Frank, F-R-A-N-K.com. The challenge for this episode to combat resistance is to give me one or two, really to give you one or two, but tell me about them, please, because I'd love to know what you've been applying. Give yourself one or two things that you're going to start doing to make sure that you can combat resistance that you experience from here going forward. You know when you're coming up against the resistance. You know when you're experiencing resistance. You know when that happens. And it's really good if you've already thought of, if you kind of already have in your toolbox, some things at the ready, some strategies ready to go. And I went over a whole bunch of them and I will detail them in the show notes as well. So I'd like you to pick one or two that you're going to tuck away in your toolbox and bring out when you do experience resistance in the future, because you will. Everybody experiences resistance. Everybody. Doesn't matter if it's your personal or professional life. Everybody experiences it sometime and usually more than just sometime. And that's why people quit. That's why 50% of entrepreneurs quit within the first six months. Hello, those are the hardest ones. Yeah, they quit within the first six months before they're even giving themselves a real chance. And over 80% of entrepreneurs quit within the first five years. And you know what? I get it. I wanted to quit too. I thought of quitting many, many times in the past five years. I've now crossed over the five-year mark in my business. I knew I would last longer than five years because I simply refused to quit. But I thought about quitting. I definitely thought about it. And I used a lot of these strategies in the past five years, many, many, many times before I even knew about resistance, before I knew as much about mindset and resistance and ego as I do now, long before I ever heard about pod fading. So I hope this has been helpful. I really hope you will take the challenge. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Business Fabulous. Please remember that together we are Business Fabulous. Feel free to reach out to me at any time, listener at bonnielfrank.com. And until next time, and as always, I'm so grateful for this opportunity to help nurture that spark inside of you to become Business Fabulous.